Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the weekly podcast from the marketing minds at DUConvert.com, where we talk about the current state of all things digital and how they impact home builders and developers around the globe. We're not here to sell you, we're here to help you and to try and elevate the conversation. I'm Kevin Oakley, and with me today, as always, is the ad doctor, Andrew B. We're here, episode number 43, January 18th. Is yeah. that one month away from IBS 2019, Las Vegas? I think it is. I'm I so happy so. that it is not, uh, you know, I was watching the college football championship game and it hit me that last year I watched that game at the International Builders Show. That's way too like, early. I'm really glad I'm not in Vegas right now. It is super early. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was my second one. Last year was my second one. I'm like, this is really strange. It's like no one's even started doing anything. They had the New Year's off and then they kind of didn't really start working yet. And then here we are at the Builders Show. It was like halfway through January. I felt like the world turned back on, at least in the home building space. Yeah, no, there, there were people when I said, you know, hey, how's it going? How's the year starting? They're like, I have no idea. I was in the office for half of a day and now I'm here. Now I'm here. Fun, fun. Yeah, I am. I am excited. excited. All right. Well, this is going to be an abbreviated uh, first half. I had my right hand sliced open. I can barely wiggle my fingers, but I... On purpose. Yeah, on purpose. Correct. I had. I, <laughs> I went in for a quick surgery, had uh, some something that was annoying me for the last couple of years in there. So they, they went in and dug it out and uh, should be back full speed next sometime next week or so. But yeah. just wanted to make sure we got something out the door here for you. So mom, I'll go first with story time. Andrew, yeah. And it's really a clarification. I talked to someone this past week who listens to the podcast regularly, uh, but has not necessarily seen me speak to know the inside joke. I guess it is. Uh, and they said, you know, I just want to ask your opinion because I'm not really sure. I, I know you guys talk about billboards, but I can't really tell if you like them or not based upon what you're saying on the podcast. So I just wanted to take a moment and explain to you that um, I, I hate billboards. I hate them with a passion, except the only asterisk there is unless it is a direct uh, or a pure directional sign, meaning turn right here, mm -hmm. you know, Happy Acres on your right in 0.3 miles, and you've negotiated a great rate for that. So there are people who pay $8,000, $10,000 a month for a billboard, okay. and it's not in Times Square. It's Ooh. just on a major freeway. What would a, a great market. rate be? I've never done any billboard contracts or signed or bought any billboards. I, that's new to me. What would a great rate be? Yeah, like, I think I especially if it's a weekend directional type, it's a, if it's a pure directional sign, then I equate mm -hmm. it to if it's something out there that's out there seven days a week and you're paying, you know, 50 to a hundred dollars per weekend to put weekend directional signs out there, then I, you know, a couple hundred bucks, maybe as much of a thousand as a thousand dollars. But the biggest thing is just to go after what I call remnant pricing. So if there's a digital board, they usually have rules, like you can only have up to six different advertisers on the board at a time. So mm -hmm. if you notice that there are only three or the billboard company itself is advertising in one of those rotations, then you can call them up and say, Hey, I understand you don't have anyone on this board right now. I'd be willing to pay you 500 bucks a month, even though the rate card says it's 3000 until you sell it. And so in that case, yeah, you may not be on there for as long as you may want to be, but you're paying drastically lower pricing gotcha. for those. So, but generally, no, I, I hate billboards. I think they suck. I think it's mostly vanity advertising and yeah, it makes you feel good. It makes you feel like, look, look what I have up there. Look at me. Mm -hmm. And it also, when you think about Zillow's stat that basically about 50% of people buying are from out of state or out of the market, you know, they're relocating. Mm -hmm. They're not going to see that billboard. They won't, no. And I guess it better be after you have you know enough allocated to Google ads and Facebook ads before the even discounted pricing is even like a thought. Like if you're Exactly. Those, so yeah. you have to cover the main areas that you know are going to give you the right return on your investment first, because that's, if you want to make me mad, that's an easy way is to say, I'm sorry, we can't do X, Y, Z. That, that is a best practice that we know should be done because we've got three billboards. And so I can't afford that. Then <laughs> watch out. <laughs> really? 
really hate them. Cranky Kevin will yeah, come out. Exactly right. Exactly right. <laughs> oh, man. Well, this happened this week. Let's see. I think it was Monday or Tuesday or yesterday. I don't know when it was. This week's been weird. We're building the house, right? And so we're in permitting. Mm-hmm. I think this is the end of week six. You know, they originally said it takes four to six weeks. I'm like, okay, cool. Me, I kind of understand the process a little bit. I assume most of that, if they do their due diligence and filing everything in the county and the city, whatnot, like it's kind of out of their control. Reputation down here is it takes forever to get permits anyway. So I'm like, whatever. It's going to be what it is. Yep. So we get the email, like knowing like, hey, we should we should be knowing what's going on here shortly to have our um, pre-construction meeting and whatnot. So we get an email from their superstar OSC. Good morning, Peak family. We're still waiting on permits, dot, dot, dot. But I think it'll be back any day now, exclamation point, exclamation point. Woohoo. I put a big screenshot on Twitter because I'm like, this is how you deliver not so great news. This is great. As soon as I see they've arrived here at the corporate office, I'll reach out and we'll get, get to planning your pre-construction meeting with your construction super. Raphael, do you have any questions? And so I don't know, she, the way she worded, I'm like, she's done this before. She's still, she's had to say this message. It wasn't like she was tiptoeing in to give you the bad news as quickly as possible. And Mm -hmm. yeah, she dived right in. She kind of tricked us, not tricked. That's not a nice word, but like, we're like in the next step, but we really aren't in the next step. Like, Hey, I'm gonna get, get this started planning for the pre-construction meeting. Like that doesn't, she clicks the buttons on Raphael's calendar and, you know, decides when it is, but she makes it sound like, Oh, we're kind of like in the next step. Like it settles any bad emotion. If someone were to be like, Hey, I'm really nervous. Right. What's going on? Um, And we aren't at all. Like we didn't, like we're just waiting. Like we weren't like, hey, what's happening? Getting kind of frustrated over here. That'd be terrible. But I thought it was a great response. Yeah. Well, especially because they've set that initial expectation. Mm -hmm. So I guarantee you she would not be doing it that way if she had promised you three times already that it was coming tomorrow. Oh, no. Right. (laughs) But but I think when when it is truly something that is within the range of the expectation you've set, then yeah. I mean, it's still at the end of the day, she's trying to mirror the excitement that she knows you're feeling about getting things going. Mm-hmm. I think that's the smartest part. Yeah. Of it. And she's been, um, it's, it's building with them has been, inter- she will text my wife, Lindsay, um, probably like every couple of weeks, just random, not even related to the house, um, but like vaguely related oh, awesome. to the house. Yeah. Just like, Hey, checking in, here's my kids playing. Like, how are your kids? Are you ready for the house? Like, like, and it's, and she, she's not the sales. She's just the OSC. I'm not really sure what she, I think she's more than that because she also wrote her contract, but she's not sales on site. I'll get the whole story by the end of this house. Like, what do you do exactly? I don't know because you're you're always doing something. Well, you're building with KB. You should ask them about they they did a big um, at CES or something. uh, Yes, yes, which is totally bizarre, right? Because that's like all nerdy stuff. No, yeah, no, they're well, they're they're trying to be nerdy, trying to be cool, like the the other hip hip folks in Silicon Valley. So that's right. Yeah, ask them about that. Well, maybe we can home project, and you know they're cool because they did. I'm giving them a hard time here. Project with a K, and the K is capital, right? It's just like extreme with an X. That's right, extreme. And I, I I read about the project and I, I still don't really understand what it is. I'm not sure if you took the time to read about it. Um, huh? Other than there's this cool map where they're just getting more houses per land. So say five acres previously was X amount of homes. And now here's the same five acres. Here's X amount of homes, but this much more green space. That stuff seems cool as far as just the better efficiency and different type of feel for the community. But all the in-home mm-hmm. stuff, I'm like, cool. It has like Alexa, Google Home, whatever. I think it actually is Google Assistant is the um, official one they decided to go with for the house. But I'll, I'm like, I think that's cool. I think it doesn't seem like it's revolutionary. Yeah, oh, for sure. I, I don't yeah know. Most, most people are still blown away by the, the just the attempt to showcase that stuff. So yeah, yeah no, it's cool. good. I'm glad they yeah, did it. It's exciting. All right. We only have one and a half news stories because my hand is already starting to hurt. So uh, let's jump right in. First one from marketingland. Marketingland.com. What is attribution Ooh, modeling? It's a big topic. Why'd you pick this one, Andrew? Talk, Ooh, talk well, it's that time of year again where budgets are still getting finalized, even though we're already spending <laughs> yeah. every. <laughs> Everyone's right. already spending their money. You know, ads don't get turned off like every builder, 
ever, whether it's a builder partner, that's like they're, they'll still be Would going. Would you say about 35% of the builders you work with have a finalized budget? Um, I would like to think 35%. <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah. maybe slightly less than 35. 35. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people have submitted a budget and haven't gotten it back there yet. Okay. Or, yeah. you know, they're just... We're getting there. Anyway, We're, yeah. getting there. Um, We're getting there. And so this is just a good topic to think about when you're like, oh, how do I divide up my budget? And some, and I guess it might just be personalities. Some might be like, okay, Instagram gets this. Facebook gets this. Facebook remarketing gets this. Google remarketing gets this. YouTube remarketing, YouTube, you know, first contact gets this and they break it all out. Um, and so this attribution would be like, who gets what credit for the lead? And so then the attribution models mm-hmm. would be just that, how do you put all the data together? Because if they say with a, a coming soon landing page, Facebook ad, landing page, and then they become a lead. Like that's really, really simple. But then what if you start to get you know leads that are outside of that landing page? Like someone calls in, but there's not a phone number on that coming soon landing page. So then it gets, I don't know, you start who, well, who gets credit for that lead? And so remove that landing page, what marketing channel well, gets and, credit and, and who should get the budget? We already know that consumers are always going to be using multiple sources. Mm-hmm. It's no one is going to trust even Amazon, right? Even unless if it's a higher value purchase, we're still going to be doing additional research, sometimes off of Amazon before we get there. But when we get to Amazon, we're there to buy with high intent. Another kind of anecdotal story is uh, a higher end builder that we work with went back and surveyed people who had purchased from them in the, over the past two years. And this wasn't an attribution question. It was just a, what what kind of media do you interact with? Okay. Or did you interact mm-hmm. with during your home search? So he wasn't saying like, if you said you use Zillow, then Zillow is responsible for the sale uh, to that builder. Sure. It was just, they said, yeah, we, we use Zillow during our search. <laughs> he was like, everyone included Zillow in their answer. Good. Of, of they Makes looked sense. at, turned on, installed the app. At some point they use Zillow, which is kind of a duh, you know, because it's so ubiquitous. Mm-hmm. And, and so if everyone is using Zillow, but they don't necessarily use it in a way that has led them to find you the builder, they might have found you the builder from Facebook or Assign or you know, all these other places. We just know that there's lots Billboard. of different pieces to this customer journey. In fact, I, th- I think it was two years ago now, I did a webinar with Lasso on the on the customer journey and how it's expanded uh, so much further beyond mm-hmm. yeah, I think a so. simple you know, one or two visit uh, or one or two sources. So let's just go through the, the basic attribution models. And to make this as fun as possible, I think we should vote on our favorite two. Ooh, favorite so, two. so we're going to list them all out. And then at the end, Andrew, you're going to say which two you like the best. And I'm, okay. I'm going to say which two favorite I like. Two. All right, let's get started. All right. So number one, last click attribution. So that one is the most self-explanatory and what most people think of when they think of the word attribution anyway. What happened right before? What was the last source that brought someone to my website prior to conversion or the last thing that they did prior to making it into the CRM? Simple. Next yep. one, first click attribution, which will be the exact opposite. The first, whatever they first clicked on. Yeah. 100% of the credit to the first action that the customer took on their journey. So it's just saying the first time they became aware of us, that is the single most important element to this attribution model. Next one is linear attribution, which gives equal credit to every single touch point along their path. So the customer uses eight different media channels to, to interact with the builder and then ultimately becomes a lead. You give equal attribution to all points in the path. Time decay. Um, so this one gives the touch points that occur closer to the time of conversion more credit than the ones further back in time. So if say it was a 30-day period, whatever they interacted with on days 25 through 30, if they became a lead on day 30, would get more credit. So it looked like a, like a curve going up, I guess, if you were to wait whatever happens at the mm-hmm. end more than at the beginning. Exactly. So if a week ago someone was doing a Google search and found you organically and two months ago they interacted with you on Zillow, it's going to give exponentially more credit to the organic search that was more recent. And the last one is uh, what Marketing Land calls U-shaped attribution 
for what Google Analytics calls uh, position-based attribution, but it is kind of in the shape of a U. So I, I, I kind of like what yeah. Mark and Land did there. And it gives the first and last engagement the most credit. Uh, so 40% of the overall credit is given to the first and the last click, essentially. And then the other 20%, so marginal attribution is given to every other step in between. All right. So, Ooh. Andrew, what would you say? Actually, p- put them in order, too. Your, your favorite and then number two. Okay, favorite. Um, I think my favorite, and I feel like I changed on this a lot, but linear would be my favorite. Really? Really, yeah. Okay, really. so every every interaction you feel like is, is should get equal it's credit. Equal. It's equal, okay. yes, and I could explain that if you want to. Sure. Sure. So the way I'm thinking of this is if you were to run a marathon, a race, and you're training for it, you have the catalyst for choosing to run. That's the first interaction, right? You have all that time in between, and then you have race day when you become a lead. Mm-hmm. So all three things in my mind have to happen. Like you would, you won't finish the race or become a lead if you don't do those stuff in the middle. Um, you won't race if you don't have the catalyst to decide to race, and you won't race if you don't decide to actually show up at the race. So it kind of, it, I guess it is my favorite, but it's also might give least credit to everything and more credit to things that don't matter as much because it just says, okay, everything is equal. Um, but if you like compare to like U-shaped and then U-shaped would be my second one. U-shaped, like the stuff okay. in the middle, if that stuff in the middle doesn't happen, so if you aren't training for the marathon or if yep. the stuff before, you can't, like you won't, in my mind, you won't finish the marathon. But there, of course, will be motivated motivated buyers that like doesn't matter. Like they're done, they'll become a buyer anyways uh, with you all. So I think those in my mind are the most fair for everything. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I love it. In fact, I'm not, I, we could dig a lot deeper into this, but we'll, we'll just do a whole other episode breaking these up I a little bit could. more with some fun McDonald's like analogies. Yeah. Back and get some analytics. data and McDonald's. <laughs> I will go get McDonald's yeah. that dang. But my number one would be U shaped because of what you said. I think the first interaction, you know, if you don't have an interaction, then obviously that's terrible. So you have to have that first exposure, mm-hmm. the most recent exposure, and then a 20% value spread across. I think I like because while I agree with you that every piece of that has some value to give it equal value doesn't help me from a budgetary standpoint think about it at all because if something is oh I interacted with them on their Facebook wall and I saw that they have um, you know uh, contractor Thursday where they buy a contractor lunch and then I, I'm on there for 10 seconds and I leave <laughs> I don't know that the value is the same as the other parts of it so you shaped would be my number one mm-hmm. and then this is gonna be um, controversial I, I would I would fall back to last click last click because um, from a from a budgetary standpoint then I can prove that that one was part of the process and was a procuring cause ish I know it's, it's controversial and then I would just be looking at analytics and the CRM and other places to get additional insight but from a attribution standpoint that I would still I think that's I think most people have no attribution models still currently and so I agree yeah, or they don't think I'm about gonna, it but it is a really weird topic is how do you mm-hmm. explain yeah, that's why we need to talk about it more management. because I like that I like, like the theory of time decay mm-hmm. attribution but for a process that is as long as ours like I don't know that that one works because just because it happened two weeks ago doesn't make it less important or a month ago if, if people are looking 60 days online before they're reaching out ever you know I, I just think that time decay can break down over longer periods of time that's true. It's, it's gonna and then another like it, it, it's like existential crisis like does it really matter that's a bit <laughs> it might be the modeling? too late on no, a Friday I think the, I think the like modeling... at the end of the day like you'll have your leads you'll be on 
on Google, you'll be on Facebook. Like you won't, at least you shouldn't. I don't think like where else will you put your money? Like, oh, Facebook, it shows that we, our cost per lead where this model is $50. Our cost per lead where this model is $68. And yeah. you go like, well, what do we do? No, at the, at the end of the day, um, the attribution model that you're using is just a tool. And I would even go so far as to say that if you've been in your role for the same home builder for more than two and a half, three years, you shouldn't really, again, this is controversial and you could take this out of context for sure. You don't even really need one. And the reason I say that is if you are fully entrenched in that home builder, you interact with customers on a regular basis, you call people up who give you good reviews, you you've follow them through their journey and you've got a pulse of your customers and, and what they're thinking and feeling and, they're, and you've got some good survey data in there. Like it goes back to Zillow. We, we know everyone is going to use it. The question mm-hmm. is, should you slash can you afford to slash can you prove to doubters the value of it? That's yep. where the attribution model stuff can help. But at the end of the day, <laughs> you know that, that pretty much everyone is going to use Zillow at some point in their search for home. That's correct. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, we will need to do like a whole a whole day on this. Yeah, one. no, we'll, we'll day, break it down and get some, get some more data, some good analogies to keep yeah. it fun. Yeah, data will be fun. And, yeah. uh, McDonald's and marathons. Very... We still also, Andrew, have to do a full episode on your uh, embedded time with a builder. So oh, we've yeah. got a couple of things where... That's true. I had the, yeah. the blog post um, about the mm-hmm. 500 day 500 day old home. That just sounds 500 day. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. We'll have to do it. We have so much stuff to do. Let's do it. Yeah. So <laughs> let's just use that as the other half news story. We're not even, we'll keep this other one for another time. Go okay. check out Andrew's article about inventory homes should not have birthdays. It's awesome. It's got some good data in there, good story and a happy ending. So go check that Very out. Very happy ending. Uh, yeah. Link in the show notes or just go to ebert.com. All right. We're going to take a quick break and we come back. Matthew Slutsky, president of Buzz Buzz Home, is going to join us to talk about the evolution of the new home marketplace. See you in just a minute. And we're back with Matt Slutsky from BuzzBuzz Buzz Home, the president and founder of BuzzBuzz Buzz Home. And we're here to talk about the evolution of the new home marketplace. And Matt is leading the charge. Thanks so much for joining us, Matt. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Thank you. Now, uh, most of our listeners are from the United States. We do have a good chunk from Canada as well. And, and Australia is a strong third place. Um, but for those who may not know what BuzzBuzz Buzz Home is and who you are, just give us a quick, well, let's start with, with you personally. Kind of how did you get involved in tech? technology and real estate? My background has always been land development. Uh, It's always been my main interest. Um, So I started out University of Toronto. Uh, She did the studies in urban studies, the Masters of Environmental Sustainability in Scotland, Uh, came back to Canada and always knew from a young age that I wanted to be in real estate, but I didn't really know what part of real estate I wanted to be in. But I I loved the idea of city building, um, loved the idea of density. So I started working for builders really early on, uh, started sweeping the floors and working my way up. Um, (laughs) on, On the land development side, the most recent place I Work was a I was a builder luxury condo builder in Toronto called Diamante and uh, we built luxury condos. I was a BP development there, um, and this was around 2008 2009. And obviously things were looking a bit different in the world on the real estate world in both Canada and the yeah. United States. Mm-hmm. But in addition to whatever was happening in the market, there was major shifts happening in the way people were looking to purchase real estate, uh, specifically new construction. So Absolutely. we were yeah I mean we were spending fortunes not just us but every builder was spending fortunes on paper advertising on magazines on A frames on signage on 
knows what, not even really telling a story, just advertising that they were there. Um, uh -huh. But they were spending next to nothing on these awful websites. Maybe some of them had some flash in them, um, but generally they didn't do much. <laughs> Potentially, oh, flash. yeah, it literally was like, here's our phone number, call us, or here's our address, come in. They weren't even really taking registrations online. They were just these little weird websites that builders didn't really think much of. Around that time, the market was really changing. I mean, people, not the market itself, but the way people were looking at real estate. And I could sense that with the emergence of different social networks, um, the way people were starting to use the internet, people really felt entitled to information that they felt they were entitled to see every floor plan. They were entitled to see pricing. Um, you know, the old sales model was go into the, you lure them into the sales center, you listen to them, you hear them, you show them maybe the two most relevant floor plans and try and get them to buy one of those. Uh -huh. People did not want that. People were- That didn't work so well. No, it well, it didn't work so well. Well, it worked yeah, really well quite. for many years until yeah. around that time. Uh, and, and so exactly. I saw this change coming um, and I looked around because from the developer side, I was like, where else, where can we advertise online? Like, what can we do with our website? And there was nothing. I mean, there was online for really resale. There was a lot of options or there were options, but for the new construction market, there was not, no online source of all new residential construction. It didn't exist. So I decided to, you know, the, the market was, was turning really bad and I had a nice cushy job and I thought now's the time for me to go and start my own thing. Um, so I, I left um, my company. Um, I got together with one of my oldest friends um, who was in the process of exiting his company um, and we started what's become BuzzBuzz Home. And it is exactly that. We are an online discovery site for all new residential construction. So we launched in downtown Toronto. Um, we quickly expanded across Canada. And then about four years ago, we started to move it, make waves into the US. We opened up an office in New York. Uh, we're now in about, well, 15 different US markets. Uh, we just opened up another office in LA. Um, and that's really the discovery site so, side. So that's where mm -hmm. we, we got to. We, we decided let's create the best new home purchasing experience. Um, and there was a lot of difficulties along the way. Uh, the main one is I'm sure everybody in new construction aware is it's actually information. How do you, there is no online listing of this. So how do you actually get this information? So we have a team of researchers and they spend their entire day gathering in, in information and on our site. We have people who go out to sales centers, bring back the information, snoop projects. Um, but we also have a really great builder community and they come on our site and they update their projects in real time. And a few years ago, we realized like, why don't we start getting feeds from builders? So, you know, builders now feed our site, all of their information. Mm -hmm. But as I'm sure you're aware, most builders are still stuck in the stone ages and still manage hundreds of millions of dollars of inventory from like basic Excel sheets, from <laughs> uh, paper notes. I mean, it, it's kind of crazy when you yeah. think of the the, mm -hmm. the vast size of this market, then they're, they're managing it from like literally sheets of little paper. It has definitely gotten better, but I remember two or three years ago, we, we do an event every year, the online sales and marketing summit. And about three years ago, a big question was, what exactly is a feed and how much should I be paying for it? Because I got a quote from someone to build me a feed for $10,000, $15,000. And thankfully, we've moved on beyond that. But yeah, it's still, it is still a little bit in the stone age for a lot of builders and a whole lot of manual updating. Even if it's no longer on Excel, it's still in the back end of their CMS and it doesn't actually connect to anything. But I want to, I want to pull back just for a minute before we keep diving into buzz buzz and 2008 2009 was an interesting time because I totally remember when you started talking about print advertising things were going the wrong direction even in late 2007 and initially the reaction was let's double or triple down on the stuff that has worked for so long so instead of you know doing the half page full color ad let's do a full page or let's do a double truck you know full page spread in the center and for people who are in my situation where I at the time was working for a smaller family-owned company you know we didn't have any choice but to change and that, that acceleration in growth led to us growing 20% a year during the downturn because we didn't have a choice. We couldn't afford to compete in that print space and we had to adapt. And I just think it's really interesting how 
you kind of felt that and didn't just adjust how you were marketing, you know, your, your developments and, and homes, but said, I'm all in on this. Let's actually, it's impressive for someone to just say, I'm going to go build a marketplace slash discovery yeah. <laughs> engine. Well, you know, it's Definitely. funny, there's, there's a lot more to it than that. Um, to this day, we're still self-funded. We never took VC funding. So we, we'd never had the huge budgets for marketing. So our own internal marketing was really utilizing the social uh, networks available. And because of that, we became very good at them and, and very strong at them. All of a sudden, all the builders across the city, this was mainly in Toronto, but we did have clients outside Toronto, loved what we were doing on the social side and started to hire us to run their social campaigns, their online campaigns. Hmm. So that actually really quickly formed into a whole separate company of ours, um, which is now called 88 Creative. So we actually own also own an entire marketing firm that started out running social campaigns for builders. We've now actually positioned it completely out of real estate. We're now more on the tech side, mm -hmm. a bunch of national brands, but that was a, a company that fully started out of the need to service these builders who also were able to see there was change happening, but couldn't do it themselves. And the marketing firms had no idea what was coming. So they weren't able to actually uh, manage that either. So that, that was a company that actually fully formed out of, out of this space. So a little interesting side story there. Yeah. For the folks who are driving in their car or doing something else where they're listening, they can't just go straight to buzzbuzzhome.com to look at what this is. Kind of, and I know this may not be the best way to do it, but in terms of comparison of what most builders would be familiar with, how is BuzzBuzz Buzz similar or different or complementary to what Zillow or Realtor.com does? Same same idea, anything different or unique there? So it's the same idea in that it's a it's a place for people to come and discover the new homes. Uh, where it's really different and you know, one thing that we stay completely laser focused on is we are laser focused on the new construction industry. We don't touch resale. We don't touch the other markets, which makes us pay really close attention to how people actually look for new construction homes. And the way people look for new construction homes is very different than the way they look for resale homes. With resale homes, it's all about listings. There's actual individual listings for different units within either communities or developments or townhouses, sure. but it's listing based. With new construction, we're completely community and development based. So we know that people don't specifically look for a single address of a single lot with a house on it. They look for the community as a whole. So we try to help build that story for the builders of the community of a whole as a whole. Um, uh -huh. And then people can actually dig into their individual floor plans or suites within uh, communities or developments. So we spend a lot of time focusing on that aspect of it. We spend a lot of time focusing on the nitty gritty details of individual listings and how they play a role within the community as a whole and how people actually like to look through floor plans. Um, for a long time, we actually explore, experimented with 3D floor plans because most people don't understand two floor plans. Like we're, we're right. our, our mission has always been, and you know we've been able to make revenue off of it, but our main driving goal is let's create the best new home for purchasing experience. Not let's make the most money, although we obviously, who doesn't like to make money, but everything that we do has to fall into that lens. Is this actually creating a better purchasing experience for the user? Even if that means potentially harming some of our revenue. So an example of that, and you know, I'm sure a bunch of your listeners who are builders don't like to hear this, but we offer builder reviews. You know, that's something that's really important to the public. It's something that you might mm -hmm, see absolutely. development from a builder that you've never heard of. Do they have a five-star review or do they have a one-star review? Like what does the public actually think of them? Um, so we spend time on, on builder reviews and, and just again, creating the best home purchasing experience and, and making sure that again, our data is as accurate as possible at the same time. So, but in terms of the general look deal, like how to use it, it yeah, it, it works very similar to the way that any portal looks like. You know, you come to the homepage, you can type in a city, a neighborhood, a development name. You can even type in an architect that will either take you to like an architect's page or a builder's page or to a map view. In the map, you can scroll around, find the development you're looking for, the area that you like, and continue to, to dig in from there. Awesome. So Matt, I've been on the site actually while you've been talking, and it, it feels almost like a builder agnostic site. Like it's it functions like a builder site. You go there, just like you said, you put in the location and it pulls up the 
communities. You can look at floor plans. It's all right there. But most people, you know, they, they'll start on Zillow. Like say my area, there's very few new construction. So it's all resale. How would I, and this is the Tampa Bay market down here in Florida, how would I know about Buzz Buzz? Or are there efforts to uh, to put that out there to kind of go, hey, new homes is could be the better option for areas for sure. like like this where I'm at. So so we rely on a few things. What I, I think there's a, a few different sides to that question. So I'll kind of tackle there it are, as best yeah. I can. And if I'm not kind of hitting what you're looking for, let me know. Uh, one is quality of data. I mean, we rely on having the best quality of data and the builders who perform the best on our site have full sets of data. So we do have a team of researchers, as I mentioned, that continually updates projects. Um, we do get feeds from builders. So if you're a builder, even if we're not specifically, you know, you're, you're not in one of our key market areas, you have a feed, give us a feed. We can, even though you're not a key market, you could still be getting leads from our site. Um, so quality of data is really important to us. And, you know, if you flip me or my team an email, we'll make sure you're well looked after and we'll help as much as, as possible. I and mean, customer service is really important to us. Make sure that your, your development is completely up to date. Uh, the other side is like, how do people find us? As I mentioned, we we, ne- we don't have a big marketing budget. We're, we're actually really unique in that we have next to no marketing budget. We don't, we don't, we, mm-hmm. we go off of word of mouth um, and SEO. We, we spend a lot of time on our, on optimizing our site and making it as search engine friendly as possible. So the hope is if someone's looking for a new home in your area, even if there aren't many builders, we'll hopefully be coming up. We'll, we'll, our site will organically hopefully be appearing to them. And the other side is social media. So while we don't have a strong, a strong marketing budget, we do have a strong social media play. In addition to that, we also have a, a news outlet. So we own a news outlet called Livable, which is a real estate publication that deals specifically with real estate lifestyle. So we can kind of enter markets through Livable and then start converting people over and getting becoming more aware with the BuzzBuzz Buzz Home brand. Very cool. Did, that, did any of that hit what you were looking for? Yeah, no, which is awesome because I, so we, two weeks ago, we went, we went and contract for a new home down here. My wife and I and our three little ones. Congratulations. I'm looking at the community. Thanks. I'm looking at the community that we will be living in next year. There's actually more photos here than on the builder's website, which Love is it. a big <laughs> national builder, which blows my mind. And it's even, so there's the, the model home photos, which are on the builder's website. Um, but then I assume it's it's your researchers went and pulled the same floor plan, but in a different community, but it's the same floor plan and put those pictures on the community page. I'm like, oh, cool. I've never seen these pictures before ever because it's who knows where else they build this, you know, the 3018 right. what, the floor plan at somewhere else. But look, there's now there's twice as many photos on here, even more than the builder site. You could see, um, so there's for sale. It has the, the floor plans and then they're sold. It actually does show the two homes that are sold, which you don't know about unless you were to visit in person that, oh, there's actually two, two wow, homes that's, people are that's sold. That's pretty impressive. It is. It's interesting because um, that'd be, you know, the public records. I assume that that's somehow pulled in, but it's pretty cool. Like, oh, look, there's the neighbors we don't know yet, but we know that those they close like <laughs> well, yeah. last week. Depending on what your what your experiences with the builder, make sure you give them a review. Um, <laughs> let other people know. But the, the other, cool. that's awesome. uh, thank you. Uh, that's good. That's music to my ears. I love hearing that. Really interesting. And is kind of what I was getting to before um, is we were talking about feeds and exactly what you're talking about, the quality of information. So we realized that there is this huge issue in the builder community uh, regarding inventory management and regarding feeds. So we decided to actually go out and build an inventory management and POS system uh, for builders. So they can fully manage their entire inventory, whether they're a high rise project or, or a uh, low rise community, uh, full hmm. inventory management 
management. And as we were building that out, the idea there was to build out the inventory management section, build out a really strong software for them so that they could also be feeding people. Um, but it, as we started talking to builders, there was such a need for that and more that we decided, let's actually, like, we'll obviously do syndication through it, but let's start spending more attention on it and actually build a POS system on it. So now from the sales center, um, our, our software acts as the inventory management and the POS system and the automatic generation of agreements of purchase and sale, as well as signing all on the, the um, all on the in-house realtors um, iPads so they can do the full process, which normally would take a few hours to find your suite, do all the signings, so forth. It can all be done now in about 20 minutes. Wow. And as we were building that out, the really exciting thing is we realized, well, if we're going to be managing their POS, why can't we add buy now buttons on Buzzbuzz Home? You know, when we started this discussion, I talked about Buzzbuzz Home being a discovery site. Well, we said, mm-hmm. why can't we turn this actually into a marketplace? Why don't we create really the first real residential real estate marketplace where people can actually buy homes through Buzzbuzz Home? Uh, and, and the reason why it's such a cool and possible idea is because, as you mentioned, you just bought new construction. Well, typically new construction isn't built yet. You're going to a sales center. You're getting a sales experience. Yeah. You're seeing maybe a model suite or a model home. But that's not even what you're going to be getting. It's been upgraded to the nines. Like It looks nothing like what you're actually going to be getting. Whereas with BuzzBuzz Home, as you mentioned, you're actually getting better quality of information from us than the builder actually has or often shows, even in their sales in the sales experience. So if you're buying off plan and you're getting a better experience on BuzzBuzz Home and you can do your comparables through BuzzBuzz Home, let's actually add something so people can purchase through BuzzBuzz Home. Um, so we're right now in the process of working with a bunch of builders to actually add buy now buttons on all of their uh, units with it, that are on our site. And then we even took it a bit, bit step further. So we kind of call that the Amazon model, where like the Amazon of real estate, where people can uh, come on our site and do all their shopping. But we also decided let's do a Shopify version as well. So now hmm. builders can actually create their own marketplace on their own websites and have the buy now buttons on their own websites. Yeah. So because some builders don't like to share the you know their pricing or whatnot, sure. they don't want that to be sure. open. So they can actually create on their own page a password protected area that has their inventory where people can actually go and purchase. Um, so that that's a for, really for those people wow. listening who aren't influencers with their own Shopify accounts. <laughs> let's just break that down. So <laughs> essentially, you're creating the ability to have a module that is not technically on their site, but is being fed through to their site and looks like it's part of that experience, but it can be password protected. It, it's pulling in all the data from this e-commerce solution that you've you've developed that they can plug into their site. That's what Shopify does for essentially correct s- small business you know websites and, and influencers and the like. Yeah, that's that's amazing. So, yeah, so we're really excited about that. I mean, the, we, we think that is uh, our, our you know it's been something that we've been working on for the last three or so years. We just came to market with it, and really in the fall we were beta testing with a few builders earlier on uh, who have had great experience. We've done multiple full launch and sellouts now with APAC as a software, um, and we're talking to a bunch of builders about using the buy now button in the new year. So that's uh, really excited to see okay. how that works out. Wow. So so Daypack is what the name of the the company is that's providing that Shopify like solution. Correct. Daypack is our soft is our software uh, that Got we it. built that that does everything from inventory, POS, uh, syndication, auto generation of agreements, of person yep. sales, so forth and so on. Now, I feel like originally in maybe the summer time, there is a press release that, that you were working on this or had done it as a successful test. I remember reading something. Yes, correct. Uh, um, and within probably two hours, I got an email from a gentleman named Garrett who lives in uh, the Denver area. <laughs> I remember he this. He was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> we're doing I'm, it. I'm putting this on my site right now. We're going to do this like <laughs> next week. So for those people who are, and I love his enthusiasm, but obviously it's it's more complex than that. For those people listening who are like, well, I could just put like a PayPal buy it now button on my site. Just <laughs> step step back away, abstract a little bit and kind of give yeah. us a bigger picture of why is this so hard to do? Why can't we just accept a credit card number and sell a house? Yeah, well, the hard part is, again, it comes down to the inventory management. So whether that 
that means building out a stack. So, you know, if you've got a 50 story condo building, building out the actual stack and having real time inventory. So, you know, as unit 14 cell, unit 14 on floor four cells, that needs to be able to be syndicated across every site that's connected by now for experience. That needs to be connected to everybody who, all the salespeople on the floor have the iPad. So it's actually building out that grid. If you're in a low rise community, it's actually building out the entire site plan um, that has the same functionality, potentially also having architectural controls layered on top of that. Do you, the system needs to know what could be sold next to each other, what could be sold across the street from each other. Um, sure. So <laughs> there's a huge amount that actually needs to go into one building it, just general build out of it. But plus, you know, one of the reasons I think the Buzz Buzz Home has been so successful is because of our background in real estate and land development and being so particular on every little specific thing. You know, every element needs to be so thought out in terms of how it's used, uh, how models are shown, how upgrades are shown, how the, you know, how the taxes are, you know, every, the taxes are a major undertaking of that side of dealing with the online signing, dealing with in Canada, we have to deal, it's, we we have a harder program than in the U.S. when it comes to anti-money laundering fin track. So how do we actually prove someone's identity through the site to do the purchase? You can't just sell a unit to anyone. They actually have to prove their identity, prove their location. They have to, you know, Mm. it has to, it should be in, you know, figuring out how to get around the in-person aspect of those. So so there's a, there's a huge amount uh, that goes into actually making something like this, this happen. It's not as easy as just putting a um, uh, PayPal uh, on your site and say, oh, I'm going to sell that unit. Uh, although it would be nice, yeah. but um, yeah, our experience theory, is not so easy. You could do that if you were going to hire a full-time person yeah. who is instantly like, okay, call the salesperson, call the office, put this one on hold, you know, but but inevitably that experience, that customer experience is going to be poor. Exactly. Especially apologizing all the way through saying, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in a launch event. And that's where it really comes down. That's why we're so happy that we've had successful launches under us now. In a launch event, in every area in North America is different, but you know, using Toronto specifically, a launch event in Toronto could literally have 2,000 people lined out the door waiting two weeks to get into the sales center. When wow. those doors open, it is pandemonium. You could have 15 worksheets submitted on each unit in the building and have to go through and decide who's getting what units. It, it's, you know, being able to deal with that amount of chaos within the system and making sure the system's mm-hmm. secure enough to be able to handle that alone is is something that um, is not that easy. Again, it's different if you're selling one unit every two months. Um, then the PayPal system could be a bit more feasible. Probably wouldn't be the best experience, but maybe it would be possible. But uh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's definitely more complex than just than just the butt. For sure. The financing um, side sounds, that's daunting, like just the whole process. The FinTrack side is for sure. You know, proving someone's identity um, and making sure, you know, anti, the anti-money laundering rules are met. That's a, an undertaking into itself. All the, you know, there's a, there's a million uh, red tape and, and legal things we had to go through to actually make this happen. Uh, and I'm sure yeah. over time, as with all technology, it will become easier to do. But um, kind of trailblazing into this is, uh, it was fun. I mean, our, our team loved it. And uh, luckily, we've got a great team who that's what they do. So Matt, one of the things was we're coaching and, and teaching folks how to get into the details and Google Analytics and understand it and make strategic decisions there. We are certainly seeing in the US, a lot of home builders starting to see BuzzBuzz Buzz show up in the referral section as, as generating traffic to them. And oftentimes, those builders aren't yet aware that you exist. They, they certainly will now, but they're they're like, who who is this? Is it that specialized team that's grabbing that content? And and then what does that look like to the extent that you can share now in terms of uh, general fee structure or like, if, obviously they're not paying you for that if they're not even aware that it's there. They're hopefully not paying an invoice. But if they want to then, how does that look? How much of this service is free for builders? What, what does it switch over to a paid model so you guys can keep the lights on? Just kind of give us the breakdown of how that that works. Yeah. So as I mentioned, we're, we're, a, we're a free service. Um, and our goal is to have the best data across the board, um, always updated, whether you're a client of ours or not. So we like, you know, when it, when it came, when I was on the 
builder side and looking at the user experience, I want the people to be able to look at two projects side by side, whether they're featured or not, and be able to get the same quality of information. So that's completely free for builders. Um, and our team is constantly keeping the, the site, the projects updated, even if they're not my client. Um, uh -huh. And one of the cool things is, uh, you know, when you talk about the CS and their analytics, we also, whether they're client of ours, we send them leads. So if someone's interested in a project, there's a good chance the leads are going through the builder for free. And that kind of works as a bit of our inside sales process where builders are able to hopefully convert leads without paying anything and start seeing the value of it. But where it comes, to, mm -hmm. where it comes to monetizing it, builders are able to pay us a small monthly fee. It's about $950 a month. And with that, they get extreme visibility on our site. So they get geo-targeted ads across our site, proximity-based ads. So they, their ads start appearing on their competitors' pages on BuzzBuzz Home. Uh, they get hyperlinks directly to their own website. In a nutshell, they get a lot of visibility. So even though the data is the same as their competitors in terms of how, how it's kept up to date, a featured page might get 3,000 people looking at their project in a month. A non-featured project might only get 100, 200 people looking at their project in a month. And that was, so, you said, roughly 950 per house? Per No, per entire development. <laughs> awesome. Cool. That's, that's pretty good. Yeah, I wish it was per house, but uh, per development. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be... <clears throat> So Matt, you're obviously a pretty forward-looking guy. What do you see um, besides that marketplace and making the purchase experience for new construction easier, um, whether it's connected to BuzzBuzz or not? What do you think are, are currently, do you see as, as home builders' biggest challenge? And how do you think that stays the same or changes over the next five years? So I don't know if it's, um, I, I know that the in, in the US and a lot of markets in the US, builders are a lot stronger at this than in Canada. Uh, but the biggest challenge that I see builders having is how to actually deal with digital leads. Um, um, we're starting to see more and more online sales consultants um, who are able to nurture leads. But I still see so many builders take digital leads, potentially put them into the registration system. Maybe five months later, this lead will get an email. Like <laughs> right. the level of care for these <laughs> leads, I find. Yeah, it doesn't work. But builders still do it. Um, you know, big builders still do it. This is when we have to remind everyone mm -hmm. that we don't really do show prep, do we, Matt? So we have not talked about this, but you know, that's that whole thing you just talked about is the main reason that Do You Convert exists and and how we help builders is that entire piece of it. Yeah. And we do a study every year about, you know, how much of those requests get, get dismissed and, and never get an email reply or never get a phone call back. And still you know, 60, 70% plus never getting a return phone call. It's crazy. And, and that ever. to me is the biggest issue because that is how like, all advertising now is, is geared to get people the builder's website. The builder's website is meant to convert a lead and that lead goes to the builder. That is the first touch point. Like people aren't just going to your website and going to the sales center. Some of them might, but the majority you're going through leads. And yeah, so what you're doing, that is, in my opinion, helping solve the biggest issue. I've got very close clients and I work really close with them trying to help them nurture their, learn how to nurture their leads. And they think they're doing it. But, you know, on the side, sometimes we'll run um, a sales center evaluation or we'll mystery shop sites for our clients. And even if we're working with them, trying, you know, they think they're doing it right. The response is awful. It's like a, uh, it's a <laughs> joke. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, you guys know it, you, you live in it. It's uh, so to me, that right now is probably one of the biggest uh, issues. I think the online experience is another one that, again, I'm in it, so I'm biased, but do I think that an end user, first-time home buyer is going to be purchasing a house online on their first chance? Probably not. Uh, investors will be. The investors who know, understand floor plans, they know the builders, they know the reviews, mm -hmm. they're not going to, they don't like waiting in line for two weeks <laughs> to buy a place. Right. Uh, they, you know, to be able to do that from a click of a button, that's going to be an interesting
interesting one to watch and how the end user market ends up playing into that. Are, are people going to go to sales centers first and then come home and purchase, you know, make up their mind from home um, will be an interesting area to watch. Uh, so I think as always in, in new construction, it's, it's always fun to watch. I mean, there's so many characters and interesting things and different mindsets um, and cowboys. I mean, it's, it's a wild, wild industry that nothing is ever slow. And um, there's always something really cool Absolutely. to see. And the, I should mention the other cool thing that interesting thing, I think that I'm starting to also see, and I mentioned it also briefly when I said that we used to run social media campaigns for builders. Mm -hmm. I think that there's a chance that builders are starting to lose authenticity. Um, and that, this will be an interesting one to watch going forward where builders are farming out everything from marketing, sales, social media, um, and they think they're building a cohesive voice, which they might be, but it's not a transparent. It's not reflective of what they actually build. I think the ones yep. who actually kind of own that stuff in um, in a house have the best <laughs> online experiences. I love it. Okay. So yeah, I'll take that and run with it. You did a very good, what we would jokingly say Canadian way, a proper way of talking about it. I'm going <laughs> to take it back to that cowboy method. Cowboy. Of, it's it's complete lunacy to outsource all of that. What they <laughs> what The reason they're doing it is to give themselves more flexibility. I don't have to fire three extra people if the next downturn comes. I can cut this off whenever I want to. Mm -hmm. They feel like it gives them more flexibility. But when you outsource your core competency of how to communicate and, and listen and get feedback from from your customers to a team of people who are probably, it's complete lunacy. And it's one of the reasons that we will not outsource actual interaction on social media channels. Sure, we'll help builders run ads, but someone from the builder has to respond because I like the way you said authenticity. It is also trust and the speed factor can't be ignored either of when something does go wrong and they take to social to express their frustration. Some third party saying, please hang on a moment or yeah. let's take this conversation offline mm -hmm. because they have no idea how to respond. And I, and I think that goes back to even the online salespeople that we work with, they're either beginning to be overwhelmed, even though they're well-trained, have good CRM systems, can respond quickly. They don't have the bandwidth to tackle the true customer service. And I don't mean that in a warranty perspective, like the actual just service. You know, you think about Chick-fil-A's saying please and thank you. There is just a Freakonomics podcast about Trader Joe's over employs people in their stores and they only hire outgoing extroverted people who are, and then they stick them in a store that's small and there's a lot of them and they have no choice but to go and interact with other customers and make their day better. <laughs> I, I just think I, I love the way you said it, but I'll just be way more strong that if you are outsourcing sales and marketing, you're missing, you're, you are going to miss out because I don't know how you can keep the focus on the customer when you don't choose to focus on it yourself. It, or even show them your passion. I mean, there's a big difference and I'm not saying that every builder, because obviously there's huge national builders that can't do this, but if you walk through a house with a home builder who actually built the house, and they can tell you the story of why they picked that brick, why, you know, how everything actually came to be. The story they can build is so much different than if it comes from a sales manager who goes to a salesperson that goes down to the floor, which then goes down to the admit, like that whole story. And as I said, authenticity is completely lost and people are buying stories and that that's what it is. You're buying real estate and people say, don't buy emotionally, but it is an emotional it's not, experience. It's not possible like, to, to it not. is an emotional experience. And uh, most people, especially if you look at millennials these days, they love the story. You know, this brick has a story to it. Like, and you have to really be part of the actual company to be part of that story. And the more layers of outsourcing and managing, it just gets lost and then you end up just having a nice little square house. Um, yep. Yeah. Any reaction time is is toast. You're not you're not living. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That Eight we weeks later. Mm -hmm. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly right. So a technologist who started out as a land developer is telling you all to get more personal and to leverage technology to scale that, not to outsource it. I love it. Matt. Perfection. Thanks so much for joining us. Where do you like to hang? 
hang out online, what's the what's your favorite social network of the bunch? We'll link to a bunch of them in the show notes, but but where do you prefer to spend your time? Yeah, well, no matter where I am, you can find me at iSlutsky or BuzzBuzz Home at BuzzBuzz Home. Um, I spend a lot of time. If you want to see pictures of my awesome kids, check me out on Instagram. Uh, if you want to have a real conversation, come find me on Twitter. All right. Matt, thanks so much again for joining us. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Thank you, Matt. Thanks, guys. All right. Question of the week. Andrew, what was last week's question of the week? It's a fun one. Very personal. What percentage of your 2019 budget will be spent on digital? So that'd be ads, your website, content, anything to do with digital is that. Mm. Yes. Love it. So Look, clarify it, that. Break it down for us. Break it down. Votes, then I'll, I'll go through a couple comments. All right. Over 50% of the budget. That was 83% of the votes. Whoa. That's a lot of people. I wish we, we should have yeah. broke down that more. I decide 100% of your budget. Was... And, and we had some pretty good participation. I th- just that one alone, we had over 27 votes for so yeah quite a bit 27 different builders over 80 percent and then yeah over 50 percent yep and then 30 to 40 percent that was eight percent of the votes okay 40 to 50 percent was six percent of the votes and then under 30 percent was three percent of the votes yeah so use that as needed with your organization to say hey we are behind trend need need to shift some more money over be more proactive whatever you need to do uh do it and let's see some of these comments cracked me up so uh beth ann just said Hashtag Beth had a heart attack today because uh, she was concerned that she was spending maybe too much on digital. Justin Holland said 100. Uh, percent That's Justin just started a new new company, and so he's he has no choice but to be as efficient as possible with his money. Brian McCarthy says he's also going to be doing custom branded digital watches with a calculator. And and Robert Gladstein <laughs> says enormous amounts, including my firstborn. Which Robert, that sounds that's Rumpelstiltskin, right? Who took the firstborn child of the of the princess? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a that's a line too far, Robert. I would not recommend uh, including any human beings any in, uh, maybe some unless days. you're just gonna maybe the firstborn is gonna be part of the marketing department and only there work you on go digital. there you go donating labor and time awesome all right and let's see we got to figure out who's gonna get the happy acres shirt here they're nice i've worn mine eyes. like 10 times already and i've had it a week so i'm gonna get one close my eyes and cycle through here <laughs> amy alexander congratulations congrats <laughs> awesome you will love it i wear mine all the time yeah so i'll uh, i'll reach out to you via Facebook Messenger. If I don't have your email address, we'll get your size, choose your color, all that good stuff, and we'll get that shipped out to you real quick. All right, that'll do it for this week. I'm going to go find some ibuprofen. Do it. (laughs) We'll see you next time. (laughs) 